0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles the Gospel of John. Amen. Chapter 17. All right. John 17. What are you going to talk about this morning, Pastor? Well, I'm going to talk about sonship privileges. Amen. The privileges that we have as sons. Amen. Now, let me just say this to you, women, you're, you're sons of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, yeah, this, isn't a, like, this isn't like a male-female thing. In the Spirit, there's no male nor female, the Bible says. Right? right? That's not God. God doesn't say, well, you're a male, and so I can use you. You're female. I can't use you. That's not the way it is in the Spirit. Now, in, now, in the natural, there is. Right? You know, sometimes I sometimes I get these things, you know, and they say, are you a male? Or are you a female? Or are you a other? I've said I haven't discovered other yet. Uh, you know, e- even science tells you that, you know, but in the spirit, there's either male or female. So thank God there isn't. Thank God there is isn't the earth. Right. right. Amen. amen. I appreciate that I'm married to a female. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. Amen. Glory to God. Matter of fact, I'm rather glad. Hallelujah. Amen. And, um, you, you know, whatever. That's the way I'm going to live my life according to the Bible. Amen. Amen. You know, God made, you know what I'm saying, you know, it's, you know, this thing, I don't know why I'm off on this. Maybe I will get off of it real quick. But, you know, God made, the, He made the differences so we'd notice the differences. That's Amen. Absolutely. You know, not in a perverted way, but in a godly way, right? Amen, Amen you know. So, you know, like one, one guy, one minister friend of mine said to Pastor Crump, said, I got a problem at my church. He said, what's the problem? He said, all the boys are chasing the girls. He said, no, you ain't got no problem. Thank God they're not chasing the boys. Yeah. You know, that, that's normal, right? That's, that's kind of, you know, it's something about, you know, girls got cooties until you get about 14, and all of a sudden, well, maybe the cooties are leaving. And maybe I could actually touch one and not die. You know, so things change, all right? Well, that's a God thing. How many know that? God ordained that, right? Now. So I just said that, you know, because I want you to understand that in the in the spirit, there's neither sons nor I mean there's neither male nor female. All of us are sons of God. Amen. I said amen. Let's go to John's gospel. I want to read to you. This is Jesus and and what we've come to call, and I think I think it's you know, it's probably all right to call it this too. It's called his high priestly prayer where He's praying for us, the believers. And, um, you know, we're not going to read the whole thing. It's, it's all John 17. You could read it sometime. But I want to start with verse 20 and read to verse 23. It says, uh, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but them, but for them also which shall believe on Me through their word. In other words, uh, He's praying for us, because all of us, uh, at some way or another, we believed, we believe on Jesus through the words of these original apostles, right? So he's praying for all of us. And he says that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, and that they may be one uh, in us, and that the world may believe that you have sent me, and the glory which you gave uh, me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me. Now notice this, and you have loved them as you have loved me. That's powerful. God loves us like he loves Jesus. Now you'll have to get a revelation of that. I mean, just because I said that doesn't mean you got it. The Bible says the love of God passes knowledge. So it takes a revelation to understand just how much God loves you. Well, I figure if God's okay with me, I'm good. How about you? I know not everybody likes me. What are y'all laughing about? Not everybody likes you, right? There's always people that don't like you. You know what I'm saying? But if God's all right with you... I had a lady one time, Pastor Jerry. I never met her as far as I ever knew. I prophesied to her in her service, you know, <laughs> and she came up to me after service. I can't believe God used you to prophesy to me. And she said, it was right on. She says, I don't like you. <laughs> well, you know, that moment, I'm not feeling real fuzzy about her either. But, you know, I'm like, I, I don't even know you, you know, lady. I mean, you know, get over yourself. But she probably had heard me. I had a radio program or something like that. I don't know. She probably had heard me, you know, on that or something. I don't know. Got a tape. Or Who knows? I don't, I don't really know. But if God's all right with me, God's all right with you, then we're good. Amen. Not everybody has to like you. Not everybody's going to like you, really. Honestly, if you're living according to the Word, not everybody is going to like you. The Bible says if you live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to get some persecution for that. So if you're trying to get everybody to like you, you're going to have compromise to do that. It's just not worth it. Amen. Amen. But he loves us like he loved. Je- he loves us like he loves Jesus. But what I wanted to d- deal with is verse twenty-two. He said, "Verse twenty-two: the glory which you gave me, I've given them. I've given them. Now, what's he talking about? What glory did God give him? Do you remember that uh, Peter said it this way? He said that we heard uh, when we were on the holy Mount, we heard this voice that said." This is my my beloved Son uh, in whom I'm well pleased. And Peter said he received honor and glory from the Father when the Father said, this is my beloved Son. He received honor and glory. Amen. See, you know, there's two times that that happened. You know, Peter, Peter talked about it when, in 2 Peter. We're not going to look at the Scripture, but in 2 Peter, Peter said, For he received from the Father honor and glory when there came this voice from the excellent glory which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He received honor. He received glory from the Father. And so I, 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 I was just... This has been rolling in my spirit. I've taught some of this before, years ago. And... uh You know, I just begin to think about it and and try to see what God's wanting to say this morning to us. But, you know, there's two times that the father said to Jesus, this is my beloved son. Uh, You know, he said at at his baptism, when he's baptized, there's a voice came from heaven. said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then at the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, a voice came and said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. And so... When that happened, he received, when, when, when he was baptized of John in the river Jordan, that voice came and said, "This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased." Uh, there's something about this, this sonship thing. You've probably read it in Hebrews chapter one, where the Bible says, and I messed this up for years, so I finally saw what it said. It says, "For, for by inheritance." hath he received a more excellent name than they. Talking about more excellent name than the angels. I always thought that meant Jesus, and then I read the next verse. You don't know, say so it's good to read the next verse. The next verse said, For unto which of the angels has he ever called him Son? So, Okay, the name that he got by inheritance was Son. Son. Now, Jesus, it, you know, that's a wonderful. We just sang about the name of Jesus. How many, y'all look at me kind of, I'm not, I'm not belittling the name of Jesus. Why are you looking at me like this? But the name he got by inheritance was, he was called son. The angels aren't sons. I said, the angels aren't sons. Hallelujah. But we're sons. I said, we're sons. So I want I, I to, 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 to get you to understand what I'm going to say, I got to talk about, and I've talked about this. I actually have teaching on this. I don't think it's available now. But I actually got to talk to you about what Bible adoption is. We know about adoption, right? right. You know, you, want, you adopt a child into the family, it becomes part of the family. Amen. And has just the same amount of rights and privileges. And honestly, you know, because I've heard kids say before, well, I was adopted. Well, you should shout because they chose you. They were stuck with the others. Right. They picked you out. The others, they just like we didn't have a choice. They just came. The stork brought those. And there's no there's no return labels. So anyway. So, you know, this term adoption. Now, listen to this. Here's what this term Bible adoption. Listen, see, there's a big difference between. You're going to have to renew your mind with what I'm going to say this morning, because when you think adoption, we've just been so trained in what we know as adoption. But it's not what the Bible talks about when it says we've been adopted as children. Now, when you think about it, how could we be adopted as children if we've been born of God? If we're thinking of adoption in the way we normally think of adoption, that's what I'm trying to say. See, if we think of adoption in the terms of of the Western mind, how could you be born of God, you're begotten of God, you're His child, but then you're adopted? Well, it's because biblical adoption that the Bible's talking about is different than Western adoption. Biblical adoption just means this, that, uh, and I'll give you some definitions here. Are you ready? Yeah. Biblical adoption, here's what it means. When a son grew into maturity and he was equipped to bear the family name responsibly, he was declared to be a son by his father and adopted, now here's what's, here's what's important, and adopted as an heir of the family estate. In other words, biblical adoption was a declaration of full sonship privileges. So when the Bible says we've been adopted, it means God's putting us in a place, taking us to a place of full sonship privileges. We're ready to handle all the estate. Hallelujah. Now, to W. E. Vine, you know, Expository Dictionary of Greek Words. I've, you know, I've like uh, looked up Vine for years and years and years. You know, since the 19 early 1980s, he he has a he has a uh, an Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. When you look up the word adoption in W. E. Vine's Expository Dictionary, here's what he says about it. Listen to this now. God does not adopt believers as children. They are begotten as such by the Holy Spirit through faith. Well, I mean, that's true. I said that's true. Come on, y'all are supposed to say amen or something. Adoption, listen to this, is a term involving the dignity of the relationship of believers as sons. So it's a term about sonship. It's not a putting into the family by spiritual birth, but a putting into position as sons. In other words, uh, it just means that when we're adopted by God, He's putting us in a position as sons of God. In other words, He's putting us in a place where we can come to the place where we can have our full inheritance. Now, when you think about Jesus, do you know, and, and a pastor said this to me once, but it, it, you know, I said, no, that, that didn't happen, you know. He said, "Oh, I just believe that when Jesus was like 12 years old playing on a playground and he bumped into somebody and they got hurt, he healed them." I said, "Well, no, he didn't. Because the Bible tells us what his first miracle was it was Cana, Galilee. This was the beginning of the miracle. This was his first miracle. So he didn't. He when he was 12, he didn't heal anybody, right? When he was 20, he didn't heal anybody, right?" But after he was baptized in the river Jordan, and a voice came saying, this is my beloved son. Miracles started happening. What happened? Sonship was declared. Hallelujah. You remember Isaiah said it this way. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. He said, for unto us a child is born. He was born as a child. But when he was given to us, a son was given. A child born, a son given. What are we saying? Well, when in his ministry, God gave us his son. Full sonship. And he died. Full sonship privileges. Amen. I, I, I want to show you this morning. You know what? I don't know about you, but I, I want the fullness of my inheritance, inheritance. Has anybody ever received an inheritance? You know, you don't want, you want it all, right? I mean, you want what belongs to you. You want it all, right? You say, I don't know, I've never received one. Well, I don't know. I don't think I ever have yet either. I don't remember, but, you know, uh, like one guy said, I'm spend all my money and the kids aren't getting anything. I don't know how scriptural that is, but it sure would feel good, wouldn't it? Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. We're moving right along. All right. Now, now go to Romans chapter four. I want to chapter eight. I want to show you something. I'm just talking to you about your sonship privileges and how God has how God has put us in a place of sons. And he wants us to grow up to be full to have full sonship privileges, mature sons. That that's why. um, And we'll read the scripture here. But that's that's why he talks about this adoption, about us being adopted, is he, he wants us to have our inheritance, Come on, you are clear about what I just said. I mean, we went through a lot there, and you know, it might be a little buddy, but uh, still, still, if you just get this, uh, biblical adoption just means you are getting full sonship privileges. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You you, you know, uh, everything can belong to you, but you know, you can't you can't just turn young people loose with stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not ready. Right. Amen. They're not ready, so you have to wait till they get ready, right? Amen. See, the the reason your 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 I don't know your eight year old doesn't drive the car, is because uh, it's not because you don't want them ever driving a car. Someday you hope they learn to drive a car and then they move away. They to use their car to leave. So it's not you don't want them to drive a car. It's just they're not ready to drive the car. I drove my first car that I remember when I was either eleven or twelve years old, and it was my sister's boyfriend. And, uh, you know, he was probably, I guess he would have been about 16, maybe maybe 17 at the time. And he had one of these blue Mavericks, Ford Mavericks. How many of them were those? Unless you'd really done some work on them, you could push them to the floor and they might throw a rock. They might. So they're a pretty safe car. So... He, you know, we're, on a, we're out on the back roads, you know, rock road, you know, and all, out in Pike County, back in the bull docks, you know. And so he says, hey, you want to drive? Hey, man, I'm 11 years old. I'm 12 years old. Are you kidding me? Do I want to drive? Yeah, I want to drive. So he, he gave me the, you know, he, he got over in the passenger seat, let me get in the driver's seat. And the next day I knew we were up the bank and going up the bank, and he was grabbing the wheel. Whoa, here. You know, I just wasn't quite ready, you know. And so, but, you know, eventually I learned to drive. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad that one of the deacons did not have to come pick me up, bring, bring me to church every s- service? <laughs> you know, I learned to drive. But, but at the time, see, I wasn't ready. It wasn't that I'm not going to drive. It, it wasn't that the world didn't want me to drive. It's just I wasn't ready to drive. And so God wants us to have our inheritance. But it's, it's, but it's, not, like, it's not like we're always ready for everything yet. I ask you to, see, think about this. You know, the Bible talks about uh, Samuel, the prophet in the Old Testament. It said every word he spoke came to pass. Every word. W- what would your life look like if every word you spoke came to pass? Hello, You said. Well, man, that'd be great. No, because what about the time you said that's just killing me. You've been dead years ago. How many people would you have killed on the expressway coming to church? Right? Well, what, what, you follow what I'm saying. See, see that, that's why God, I'm not trying to put you some kind of bondage here, but I'm just making a point. So you have to understand that sometimes we think we're ready. Young people always think they're ready. But we, as you as get older, you know, you know the signs of ready and the signs of not ready. Right? But they, they think they're ready. You know what I mean? They think they're ready to go out on a date when they're, you know, 12. But you know they're not ready. Right? Now, they think, you know, mom and dad's a persecutor and they're bad and evil and all this. But you're just protecting them, right? Because you know they're not ready for everything they think they're ready for. So, and God, God knows us that he knows that sometimes we think we're ready for things and we're not ready for them yet. Because we're just not mature enough to handle it yet. Anytime I hear somebody say, well, if I was the pastor, I'd say, well, you're not ready to be anything yet. Because if you were ready, you would be saying, thank God, don't ever make me the pastor. No, no, you're ready. You're going to be the pastor. Right? Well, look at the Bible. Moses said, don't send me. Jeremiah said, don't send me. I ain't going God said, Oh, yeah, you're ready. <laughs> now that you realize you don't have anything, I can put something in you. Amen. 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 You know, always says, always, Well, if it were me, here's how I would do it. Well, that's why it's not you. That's why God didn't put it in your hands. I, you know, I'm talking about you, not me. You got that, right? You, 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 right? Amen. Now, how many understand we got to grow, right? we got to grow. Now, Romans chapter 8, go this, go here, verse 14, Romans 8, 14. The Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Interesting. There's two Greek words that the Greek uses for sons of God or children of God. And they're they're different. One of them is a Greek word called technon. Technon just means you're you're a son of God or you're a child of God because you were born of God. You were born of God. Just like your child is your child because it was born of you. The other one is a Hebrew, is a Greek word, it's huos. Huos, it means this. It refers to those who show maturity acting as sons, or acting like their father. So one of the words that the Bible uses for sons or children is a word that just means you're just a basic child of God. You were born of God. You're, You're in the family. The other one means you're a son because you act like a son. You act mature, and you act like your father. You with me now? I said, are you with me now? Why are you making me work so hard? Listen, this is really important to our futures. It really is. We understand that God's got something for us more than just getting born again. Amen. Amen. And so... What The interesting thing is, is this word here where it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It is the Greek word huos, which means the mature sons of God. Amen. So if the Spirit of God is leading your life, you're a mature son of God. Amen. Or you could say daughter if you want to say that. What does that mean? How we, we, I many know when we talk about, now listen, let me, let me explain something here to you because we use this scripture to teach on. You know, the Lord spoke to me and He told me to go over here and go do this. And the Lord's lead me to do this. And the Lord's lead me to do that. And the Lord's lead me to do this. But did you know, walking in the fruit of the Spirit is led by the Spirit of God. It's the fruit of the what? The Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit. Now some people say, what's the fruit of your human spirit? Well, your, your human spirit wouldn't have any of that fruit one for the Holy Spirit. This is the nature of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you have it in your spirit because He's in there, right? So we have to understand. See, there is there. There's this being led, growing up, amen. Walking in love, right? Amen. See, you know, you know, when you're not mature just because you can. You can maybe flow in some gifts of the spirit. Do you know that? Right. The church at Corinth had all kinds of gifts, and Paul said you're carnal. Mm-hmm. So that's not the sign. See, I always said this. You know, I'd rather have. I'd rather. I'd rather be if. I'd rather be married to Miss Fruit of the Spirit than married to Miss Gift of the Spirit. Now, you can have both. Right? You can have both. But but if I had to choose, if I had to choose between Miss Fruit of the Spirit or Miss Gift of the Spirit, I'll take Miss Fruit of the Spirit because she's going to be easier to live with. So what? She can get me healed when I'm sick, but she's hard to live with. I want somebody that's easy to live with, and I'll go find somebody else to get me healed when I'm sick. I'll go to a Benny Hinn meeting or something. I don't have to live with him, all right? You understand? How many follow what I'm saying? See, sometimes we think spiritual. Spiritual. We think, well, spiritual, oh man, that's that person, you know. I mean, when they go to the, you know, when they go to Walmart, people fall out in the spirit. Well, first of all. I don't know anybody like that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. Sometimes the power of God comes. I was in a meeting one night with a friend of mine. We were, you know, we were in, in a uh, foreign country, and uh, you know, had to have an interpreter, you know, because he didn't know the the language very much. And I, you know, I I knew, you know, taco burrito. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> you know the, the you know. The, I, I mean, I learned. You know, you got to you got to be able to ask for the what is it, benos You got to you got to learn to ask for that. And in taxi, you know, you get, you, there's certain things you, you you probably ought to learn, just in case of emergency. But you know, we we couldn't preach without interpreters. You know, and the power of God was just flowing in this service. And man, he, he's just preaching away. You know, he's just preaching away. You know. And uh, just excited, you know, I mean, the power of God's flowing. And all of a sudden he reaches over and slaps the interpreter in the stomach and the power of God hits them and they fall out on the platform. It's like, well, that did it. How are you supposed to preach now? Fortunately, blessedly, there was somebody else there could interpret And they come up there and he got to preaching, you know, again and got excited and slapped them in the stomach and they fell out in the spirit. It's like service is over. Amen. But you know that's that that yeah that happens. But we don't we don't walk around like that every day in Walmart, right? You know, but that that's not spiritual. Spiritual is the spiritual is the person who led by the spirit in their life's actions. Amen. Now notice this. Um, He said he said. uh, uh, that we have, notice this, verse 15, for we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption. What does that mean? Well, this, when we got born again, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. And what He does is He comes to live inside of us to grow us up so we can receive the fullness of our inheritance. Now, what is God after? Look at, the, look at Romans 8. Look at verse 28. I mean, I know you've, re- you've, I know you've heard this, voice, this verse before. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. Doesn't that sound good on a coffee cup? And I've heard Christians use this verse and just totally annihilate the verse's meaning. And, you know, somebody gets cancer. Well, we know all things work together for good, and, you know, and all that. Like, this is going to be something good, you know, and all. Well, that's not what this verse means. Because there's not everything that happens in your life going to necessarily work for your good unless you get it turned around. First of all, you got to ask yourself some questions. To them who are called according to His purpose. <laughs> Who does all things, (coughs) excuse me, who does all things work together for their good? Just everybody? Who? To those that are called according to His purpose. All right? So we've defined who all things work together for good for. Not just everybody. Not just every Christian. Not just everybody that has a coffee cup that says that or a bumper sticker. It's for those that are called according to His purpose. Well, what's His purpose? Well, read on. It tells us His purpose. Verse 29. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate. This is His purpose. To be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. So what's His purpose? His purpose is that we're conformed to the image of His... What? Son. God wants us to come into full sonship. And those that are... Doing that, <clears throat> they're receiving their inheritance. So, everything that would come their way, God can just turn it for good. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, we have to understand you know, this verse isn't just a cover all, it's for those of us, you could be a Christian and, and you're not pursuing your full sonship privileges. You're not growing up. You're not being led. See, the Bible says God's purpose is for us to be conformed to His image. And it also tells us this that we're supposed to, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says we're to grow up into Him in all things. Hallelujah. And so we have to understand there's there's something here that's deeper than just this surface stuff we're reading. Amen. Now, Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8. Are you real quiet because you're thinking or, or am I boring you this morning? You're listening? Okay. If you're listening, that's all right. If you're sleeping, stop it. <laughs> Hebrews 8. Go there. Real important that we understand. See, a lot of people, well, why, why isn't this coming to pass? Why isn't that coming to pass? Why? Well, sometimes we have to grow a little bit. Right. Now I'm not talking about God healing you and things like that, but there are things that don't manifest in our life that God wants to bring in our life. We have to grow till we can handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. You might be, you know, you might, you might just got saved just yesterday, and you may be called to be a pastor, but you can't handle that yet. Right. The Bible says don't put a novice in office lest he gets in trouble with the devil. There has to be some seasoning. There has to be some growing. God, God can't give you the inheritance fullness of that yet until you grow a little bit. you got to grow. Amen. Amen. And so there's going to be some things in our life... Some fullness that God wants to bring to us, He can't bring to us. I don't, I'm, I'm convinced of this, that God wants to prosper some people financially, but He can't do it because they haven't grown enough. Come on. All right. They're not stable enough. You have to be stable. Mm-hmm. Because prosperity will ruin a fool. That's the Bible. Amen. And so if you, don't have a, if you don't have a handle on this thing, then money can't change you. Money can't move you. Amen. Amen. Money can't make you... Get out of the will of God, see. See, because a lot of people, if they had enough money, they'd get out of the will of God for their lives. Hello? You know, a lot of people say, well, man, you know, i got enough money now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving southern Indiana. I'm going to the beach. Well, not if God puts you here in this body. You do. You, you, can, you can. God won't stop you. But your life's never going to be what it could be. It's, ne- it's just never going to click right. God's not against you, but you're just out of the perfect will of God. You can't have the perfect will of God if you're not in the perfect will of God. Right? You know, I read about a place that all year long, all year long, it's like in the 70s and 80s, all year long, sunshine most of the time. I thought, Now that's where God's calling me. But I mean, you could do it. God wouldn't stop you, but he wouldn't bless you in it either. He'd bless you the best he could, but you couldn't have his perfect will. And you can always get in trouble when you get out of his perfect will. Now, we've had many people leave this church. We've had more people leave this church than have ever stayed. Brother Greg said one time, you know, he's way behind the times. He said, if everybody that has been here was still here, we'd be in Robert's Stadium. Nobody, he didn't know they tore it down <laughs> years ago. You know, he, he catches up. Fifteen years later, he and I, he finds out who was president 15 years ago. But so you understand, see, that was the truth. Now, did all those people that left, did they all leave out of the will of God? No, some of them didn't belong here, didn't fit here. But there were some that when they left, I knew they're leaving and they should not leave. Well, pastor, why didn't you tell? Because when somebody comes to his pastor and says, Pastor, I'm leaving and God told me it's time for me to go. What are you supposed to say? God lied to you? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, you should have come to me and said, what do you think? Yeah. And then I would have told you. I think you're going to get. And, and I've watched some. I've kept kind of just kept through the channels, kept kept touch with some of those people. And their lives have never been right. They've never been the same. <clears throat> One of them, you know, I'm thinking of they did. They did something with their life. It messed their life up. And if they'd have been here, I would have told them, don't do that. I couldn't have made them. But I certainly would advise it real strongly. Don't do that with your life. That's not good. You've got to be in the will of God to be in the will of God. Isn't this deep this morning? Amen. <laughs> you know, you can't expect to have God's perfect will if you're not in His perfect will. Amen. You know, I, I when God was calling me to preach years ago. I mean, when I, when I before I was actually saved, and I knew He was calling me to preach. I, it, it dawned on me when I hit about twenty years old that God was, I think, He was calling me to preach the gospel. Well, I just thought that meant He's sending me to China <laughs> or you know some foreign country. I didn't realize you know there are preachers in America. And so, I mean, I thought, I thought, man, I'm going to get shipped off here if I answer this call. And, you know, and I found out later on that that's not necessarily so. But if God had have sent me to, you know, to Africa or to, or to China or to, you know, wherever, you know, Russia or, uh, you know, uh, the North Pole. The happiest I'm going to be is where God sent me. The most protection I'm ever going to have is where God put me. That's where I want to be. I said, that's where I want to be. Amen. Now, have you found... Did I tell you to go to somewhere else? All right, go to Hebrews, and let's read this scripture, and we'll close out here. Did you get something today? Amen. Hebrews chapter... We're just talking about sonship privileges. We want full sonship privileges. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 says, But now he, that's Jesus, hath obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much he is also the mediator Of a better covenant. Hallelujah. Established upon better promises. You hear people say, well, you know, healing was done away with the new covenant. Well, how could it be a better covenant if we lost something? You know, there's even preachers that teach, you know, miracles ceased, you know, when the Bible was finished and so forth and so on. No, none of that stopped. You don't have any scripture. We got a better covenant. We got everything Israel had plus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But what I want to talk about and, and close out here is the fact that Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Now, what does that mean? Well, what you could look at it different ways, but one of the meanings of it is He dishes it out. Go between, Go between is a word. Uh, let me let me just say it this way. All right, mediator. You know, it, it's the one between God and man. Uh, he's the and He's that between the new covenant. In other words, he's the one that's dishing out. Remember he said, talked about the glory. He's the one that's dishing out the glory. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, years ago, I was, uh, uh, this is a lot of years ago, this family came to me and they said, look, said, we've got, you know, we want you, if you'll do this, we want you to be uh, over our estate until our daughter gets of, becomes of age. Because if something should happen to us, they had some money. You know, uh, and, and they said, if something happens to us, we don't want our daughter having this money right now. now. I mean, it belongs to her by the will. But they didn't want her having it yet, see. And see, Paul even talked about that in Galatians. He said, he said you know, as long as you're a child, you're, you're, you, you have all the inheritance, you're Lord of all, but you're no different than a servant as long as you're a child. You're still under governors and tutors because you're not ready for the inheritance yet. And so that's what this family was saying to him. Until our daughter gets of age, we want you to, you know, if something happens to us, then you make sure she's taken care of, you handle the money until she's of age, and then she can have the money, you know, and all. See, see it already belonged to her, but she wasn't ready to handle it. You know, t- as, you know there, are some, there are some 12-year-olds that are pretty mature, uh, and there are some that aren't. But regardless, you still don't need that money yet. Amen. And so, there are some 50-year-olds that don't need that money. But see, the children of Israel are prime examples of this. The promised land was theirs. But they never matured to a place God could give it to them. He wanted them to have it, but He just... I can't, I can't take you in there. You're not ready. And, and, and so, they, you know, it's like Hebrews even tells us, said, you know, that the, it, although the work was finished from the foundation of the world, they still weren't able to enter the rest. It was already theirs. In other words, everything that the new covenant has provided is already ours. It's ours. But we have to grow to a place of where we can handle our inheritance. John, I love this, 3 John 2, John said, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may, be, uh, in, that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What's he saying? I want, I want you to prosper in relationship to the prosperity of your soul. Yeah. What, why do he want that? Because if your soul's not prosperous, then you're not ready for everything yet. When I was 17 years old, when I was 18 years old, when I was 19 years old, when I was 20 years old, if I'd have had a million dollars, I could have killed a lot of people. Oh, yeah, we'd have bought enough beer to get the job done. Thank God we were broke enough that we couldn't kill everybody. You see what I'm saying? See, there's a difference. Amen. There's a difference. When you got, when I, now, when I, got, when I got born again, see then things begin to change in my life. Now I can handle the money. Now if I had a million dollars, I could bless people. Amen. Amen. After I bought Phyllis a pool. <laughs> She's been after me for 25 years to get her a pool. That's not true. Okay, 20. <laughs> At least 20. Don't lie in church now. <laughs> How many of y'all love me? Amen. Stay on my side. You've been after me to get you a pull for a long time. I've been after you. Oh, we'll discuss this later. Anyway. <laughs> You've brought it up a bunch of times. Yeah, but you brought it up a lot of times. Get me a pull, get me a pull, get me a pull, get me a pull. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, you know, yeah, just move on. yeah, you're probably right. But I'm not done. I'm going to finish this. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't, you know, she wants to pull, so eventually I'm going to get her a pull, but I don't want no stinking pull. I don't even want to. <laughs> let me preach. Now, let, let me tell you why. Because I learned this by, by well, uh, the hot tub, the jacuzzi thing, you know. I wanted one of those so, so bad. I wanted one of those so bad, you know. And finally, we bought a house, I don't know, in 1999, a new house. And it had a big one. I mean, it had a huge one in the bathroom. We had a huge master bathroom. And it had a huge jacuzzi, hot tub, well, not hot tub, but jacuzzi in there. I used it three times and thought, this is boring. You're sitting here like a frog in water. It's just like you're being boiled to death. This is stupid. I never used it again. The grandkids loved it, man, because they could get in you just see the top of their heads, just barely poking over. This thing was really big. And so, you know, so I, I, just, I just learned by that, I don't want no pool, man. I get in there and get wrinkled three or four times and I'm done with this. And then I got to keep it maintenance all the rest of my life, so... So we'll move on from the family issue. But anyway, I was just making a point. Come on, I was preaching really good until this all came up. I was just making a point, and my point is this, that you have to grow in your soul to a place where you're ready for your inheritance. You've got to reach what the Bible talks about is, is full sonship. And when you get to that place... And, you know, we're growing in levels and stages. God can, can give you more of what He has for your life. But you have to, you can't be focused on the inheritance. You've got to be focused on growing. Inheritance will come. But if we'll just pursue being conformed into the image of His Son and remember that on a daily basis, that when we're out there and we're with sinners and we're with other people and we've got to remember who we are. Amen. And we got to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. we got to grow up and be mature. Be responsible for our spiritual lives. Why would God give us the fullness of our inheritance and we can't even, you know, come to His house? I don't think He's going to. Or we can't even do what He said to do, which is pray. Or we can't even do the basic things like read His Word. I don't think we're going to receive the full of our inheritance until we check some boxes here. You say, it sounds like we're earning it. No, you couldn't earn it. Just like you can't earn a natural inheritance. It's just given to you. But you've got to be in a position to receive it before it's going to be given to you. Amen. Come on, did you get anything today? Hallelujah. Say, I'm growing up. <laughs> I don't care how long you've been serving God. You still got to, in comparison to what God has, you're, you're still just a, you still need to grow. Right. Amen. Amen. Come on up, Jill. Thank God for His Word. Yeah. So I'm just talking to you this morning about full sonship, about how we got to grow. And we have to grow up into the place where God can give us our fullness of our inheritance. He wants us to have it. Amen. He wants us to have it. But we have to be in a position to receive it. Thank God for His Word. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.